Listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Oz Network. As we are here to wrap up the slowest month we've ever done. It's Movies We Hate Month as we are here today to gather and wish our respects to a franchise that produced three good movies and three shit movies. And yep, for the third time in a row... They produced a shit movie. We're here to look at Terminator Dark Fate, the movie that we spent five glorious weeks last year going over every single one of the original timeline that they thought, fuck it, we're getting rid of two of them and we're going to this one because apparently it's better. Um, and just like with Star Wars, we regretted doing it. Although, actually, that's not true. We didn't regret spending 50 hours of our lives doing Star Wars because at the end of the day, it's Star Wars. We're going to love it no matter what. Terminator, I haven't loved this franchise since 2003. Maybe 2008, I actually don't mind Salvation, but hey, I'm one of those weird ones. But uh, anyway, um, my name is Ben, and I'm reliable, a really good listener, and extremely funny. And my name is Colin, and I love it when it rains naked ladies. See, that was going to be my actual opening line. That's what I was going to go with. But then I thought, no, I can't bypass the next funniest one. So look at us working together that way. Um, As always, we're at a one-hour time limit. I actually started this a little bit late, so I think we're probably when the alarm goes off. But I famous last words, I reckon we can get this quicker in an hour because... Yeah, there's going to get to a certain point in this movie where I just fell off the cliff. I just, I, I, I'm being absolutely honest with you. I stopped watching. I was on my phone. I, I had just gotten my PlayStation Five, so I was opening that and looking at the box. Um, I would look up every five minutes and go, "Oh yeah, the damn bit," and then I'd go straight back to my phone. <laughs> and there's honestly going to be parts of this movie where I don't even remember what happened and how they got there. There was like a bomb in her, and she put it in him, and then it was like for John, and then so um, yeah, Terminator Dark. This movie's boring. And like, oh, is it ever? And also, can I just point out that like this is maybe the, the one movie I've seen in my life where it took three minutes for me to lose interest because I got so mad, so mad at them just making everything obsolete in this universe that I just, I couldn't forgive it. Like, this is like if, if I walked home and Jamie's having sex with Noah, I like... <laughs> Like, I'd be like, Jamie, you're meant to be with me, not Noah, all right? <laughs> I would be so upset that I could never forgive her. Um, simple. Yeah, uh, yeah, Terminator Dark, Colin Shaw, here we are. Uh, coming into this month, I actually was considering this might have been my bottom. Um, not for the reasons of, oh, it angers me that they wiped out the first, well, really the entire purpose of the first two movies, uh, but for the fact that it's, complete retread of the first two movies and with nothing interesting about it. It's just bland. It's boring. It's lifeless. Um, I don't think this is going to be my bottom one, but there is nothing to this movie at all. It is, it is an insult to the original two, but I tried really hard to remove myself from that and just watch. Imagine this was the first Terminator movie I ever saw. Nothing about this movie grabs you. It is so generic, so bland, so, so much of a retread, which when you're trying to consider, oh, let's pretend those first two movies didn't exist, 
you can at least appreciate something nowadays of it like, hey, the visual effects are better. The action's better. The visual effects and action are not better than the first two movies. <laughs> Maybe the visual effects are better than the first, but there's no novelty to it. It's just, there was no reason for this movie to exist. They, they took about 10 steps backwards after taking 10 steps backwards in the free, previous two movies. And yeah, I agree with you. I actually took large portions of the parts of this movie I did watch um, that I was thinking like, well, what if this is the first Terminator movie I ever saw? But yeah, no. And and I, I I can't remove myself from the opening three minutes because it just it, – it, it, they take the first two movies and the love of them. And the second one, arguably one of the, the most beloved movies, if not the most beloved action movie, beloved sequel of all time. You know, no one complains about the second movie. And they're like, hey, guys, you like the second movie? Like one of the greatest action movies and sequels of all time? Well, fuck you. We're going to get a massive <laughs> steaming pile of shit. And we're going to rub it all over it. And then we're going to take another piece of shit. And we're going to rub it all over and then. And then we're going to piss on it. Then we're going to puke on it. Then we're going to shove it in the trash. And we're going to go, fuck you, fans. Because it's 2019. <laughs> and we're cool. Because you know what's really in right now? Women-led action movies. So fuck that canon. Fuck that timeline. Because we're just going to take the same story but make it a girl. Because awesome. And we know how to speak to our fans of this franchise well, I'm sure will completely understand and would not get oh. angry at us doing this at all because that Ghostbusters and thing worked out a pretty <laughs> couple of years ago pretty well didn't it we brought this up in the original review they're acting as if the original Terminator didn't exist where it was a female-led action movie or the second Terminator that was a female-led action movie and yeah. they're trying to 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 pigeonhole this as hey we're we're modern we're woke but you're just doing the same thing over and over again. That's why I said this is all retread. They, they try to convince you they're offering something new and they don't. And then we'll, we'll get the John Connor debate here, but let's wipe John Connor from existence three minutes into this movie. And then somehow at the end, try to give the closing line as like, this is all for, for John. Let oh, us that. remind the audience that we, we, we basically flushed this character down the toilet and everything that we spent 35 years building and then try to convince you that, that he has some significance to this? What What is the worst line of 2019 for John or Ray Skywalker? <laughs> like, seriously, it's up for debate, isn't it? Like, it, it, seriously, like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for John makes slightly more sense, but is a lot less I, relevant to the story. Like, okay, slightly more sense than Ray Skywalker, but I would go on a limb and say it also makes no sense. This is literally the guy who killed this guy for his job and, oh, but no, this isn't the end. It was for John. Shut the fuck up, mate. Like, you took, like... <laughs> Yes, I'm, I'm gonna, getting angry. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, before we start the movie, I'm going to get my big rant out of the way here as to why this doesn't work. It has nothing to do with, oh, you're replacing John with another female character. Who cares? A, she's not an interesting character. Her character comes across as incredibly dumb. Uh, there's no development for her character, Danny. But the real problem is you have told the audience by wiping out John and then simply saying there's a replacement for John that this series will never end. Yeah. It's exhausting when you finish this movie because you're like, I got to go through five more of these things. They're literally starting from scratch. You've told everybody for 35 years there is one leader that can save the human race. And if we wipe out that leader, another one will pop up. Why are we supposed to care about Danny? You've within three minutes of this movie, you've told the audience, "Hey, you know what? We can kill Danny, and somebody else to replace her." 
What was one of the biggest complaints of Rise of the Machines? It was, well, that was make the second one kind of obsolete because it means that Judgment Day is always inevitable. And we argued a lot during Rise of the Machines that, well, it's kind of an interesting plot line and you get one of the biggest and greatest movie twists at the end of the movie and basically, yeah. wow, like that's a complete out-of-the-blue situation. This, to me, like... Remember how we, I mean, we're, I don't know, we're not really the weird people, but we basically spent a lot of the sequel trilogy saying that the sequel trilogies made the prequels great. Uh, not that mm-hmm. they weren't already, but basically they made people like the prequel trilogy. This has made people like Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines, and that wasn't yeah. as hated as the prequels at the time. That was kind of just, a, oh, that happened. A few people complained and people moved on with their lives, unlike the prequels, whereas... Mm-hmm. You know, this, like, I've from what I see, a lot of people are, well, actually, Terminator 3 wasn't that bad. And yeah. you and I spent a couple of hours saying this movie's actually pretty good. Um, I mean, we ranked it higher than the original Terminator, which, yeah. you know, go back and hear our defenses. The original Terminator, you know, as a classic, great, is what it invented, great. But it's 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 a generic movie. And this movie kind of proves Terminator 3 had interesting ideas. They they went places. They they got you, whether you love the movie or not, they got you excited about what's to come next. This movie doesn't present anything that grabs you and says, I can't wait for the sequel to Dark Fate. And I think you make a very good point too with someone like Danny and, and I'd even say Grace as well. Like kind of, you know, yeah, I, I've got a... I, I'm not going to deny I have a massive gripe with them just basically jumping on a trend and turning this into a woman-led action movie. And again, that's got nothing to do with me being anti-women-led action movie. As people who listen to this show would know, that's not a complaint of mine. It's, uh, let's just watch a movie for it being a movie. If they're interesting characters, I don't give a fuck if it's a man or a woman. We talked about that in Wonder Woman. We've talked about that in lots of other movies. Even recently with, um, um, what did we just do recently where we talked about this and it was just not even brought up, um... And it was kind of like uh, the, old guard, old guard. Thank you. Like it's just yeah. it's it's a movie where you just are legitimately watching it. Um, Birds of Prey was another one. You know, it's just kind of yeah. it's not shoved in your face. You just enjoy it for what it is. This is one of those ones where you take a beloved franchise and you kind of you shit in people's faces. Like I've not seen the female-led Ghostbusters, so I, I I've never like I like Ghostbusters, but I'm not attached to it as some people are. So it's that never bothered me. So I don't have an opinion on that. Um, and some people would say that with. Star Wars and the sequel trilogy, that's what they did. That that doesn't really bother me in the sequel trilogy. The only thing that bothers me with that is, as we know in The Force Awakens, when you've got to go out of your way to go, oh my God, look, a woman's doing things. Like, we don't yeah. need that. We get it. Like, and who cares? But this is just, like, yeah, if they took this in a different direction, if all of a sudden Danny was something unique and different and that's why we need a, a female, like, fine. Like, I'm, I'm down for that. I, I want to I see it. I want to know. But Danny is a new John Connor. Her, her status as the savior of mankind makes no sense mm-hmm. uh, because she literally lucked into finding a kid and then her entire mantra is, hey, guys, let's kill the machines. If that's fucking all it takes to become the savior of mankind, if I'm living in a post-apocalyptic world, I know the machines destroyed the world, I might come up with that idea. Like, yeah. if right now, uh, I don't know, Kim Jong-un blows up Canada and America... And here I am living in a post-apocalyptic North America. I might think that he's the bad guy and I <laughs> might be angry against him. So maybe I might want to get revenge against him. Just saying, I'm not the smartest tree in the forest, but I might put two and two together. So Danny, just saying, not brilliant on many levels. Anyway, Tim Miller directed this movie. Uh, we all like Deadpool. Uh, so... Wouldn't that work into making it like I watched Deadpool and I watched Terminator Dark Fate. That's like me watching Colin Hilding 
act on screen and Meryl Streep. Not related <laughs> at all. Singing? Yeah. Maybe different. Maybe. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> uh, I mean, Pierce Brosnan and you singing, you know, probably different. I've never heard you sing. <laughs> Only, well, certain things. I have nothing against Tim Miller. Uh, again, I like Deadpool. He's been a producer of other, like he produced Sonic this year. Good for him. Um he worked as a second unit director on Thor The Dark World. Well, you know, hit and misses, clearly. Um, but, but I mean, I don't get how you can have Tim Miller who, you know, like Deadpool and put him on a Terminator. Like, what? And this was billed as, like, James Cameron returns to the franchise. Like, this is, was a big, yeah. big thing. And also it was kind of like, let's build this as a sequel to Judgment Day because we're just going to forget 3, 4, and 5 happened. And Linda Hamilton's return, which we'll talk about. But, I mean, what input did James Cameron... If this is the James Cameron return, then, I mean, didn't he sit down in an interview and be like, Terminator Genesis is the best sequel ever? I swear yeah. he even talked about Salvation and Rise of the he Machines did. as well. Like, like, what is with this guy? Like, I, I'm not like... A, I mean, you're you're weird about James Cameron. One minute you praise him, the next you just hate him. I've, I've just always thought of him as the Titanic director and James Cameron on Terminator, and I like Titanic. I've never really had a massive opinion on James Cameron. But, yeah, like, what, putting his name on this, this is like, you know, when we talked about Dudley Do-Right from the director who saw George of the Jungle. Better <laughs> tagline, but worked out better because <laughs> at least Dudley Do-Right, in some ways, you can compare to George of the Jungle and see what they were trying to go with there, right? They were trying to get that audience. With this, no. Sorry, James Cameron. Like, why, why do you bother? And, like, he came up with the story. I mean, there are five credited story writers, let alone three credited screenwriters. So obviously not everything he hears is his, but it is his story that this originated from. And he was very vocal and basically saying, yeah, I came up with an idea for all the movies that are going to follow this. And then since this movie's come out, you can actually see a lot of interviews where he says, oh yeah, you know what? Uh, I, I don't think we need to bring Schwarzenegger back, but we could figure out a way. We don't need to bring Lennon Hamilton back. We could figure out a way. He claims that he's come up with, mapped out this whole trilogy and then every interview since then, he's like, ah, I don't really know what we're going to do. I'll make it up as I go along. Like, all my hatred towards Jim Ca- James Cameron is his personality. He goes out of his way to criticize every director and yet doesn't accept any of his own faults as a director. And there are faults as a director. I mean, he makes great movies. He also makes some bad movies. Uh, and I think before this movie came out, I said, watch, what's going to happen is everybody's going to say this movie's going to be great because of James Cameron's involvement. And then if the movie fails, it's going to be, well, James Cameron wasn't that involved in the movie. <laughs> I want people to acknowledge James Cameron came up with this story. And really what it ultimately boils down to is this story, his screenwriting credit could simply be because they're just remaking the first two movies. Yeah, yeah. And it's also funny too because like um, I, I finally maybe might find some disdain to David Goya who everybody felt for Batman v Superman but hey, he's involved yeah. in this project too. So um, there you go. Um, yeah, you're right about Arnold I don't know if we really talked about it too much in Terminator Salvation but at least they tried something in that too where they didn't rely on Arnie being the person yeah. who can carry this franchise. And again, we realised there were reasons behind that the guy was sort of leading california at the time and i'm sure if he wasn't he would have been involved hence why genesis he comes back and you know i mean arnie's gonna just come back because terminator is what made him right but like at least genesis i feel and this like, i always feel weird defending genesis um you kind of <laughs> feel there was sort of relevance to him in genesis whereas this no relevance at all yeah 
It's, oh, haha, let's make Arnold funny because the Terminator grew a conscious and sells drapes. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> and he's named Carl now. Who, who, like, was this a James Cameron thing? That, that he yeah. came, like, sitting around the, the meeting room. Okay, hey, guys, what would be really funny? Just stick with me. If we made <laughs> the Terminator a drape salesman. Now, how <laughs> audiences would cack themselves in like, like how, think of all the jobs that a Terminator could get, a drape salesman. Come on, guys. That's comedy gold. Did you guys watch The Adventures of P- Pluto Nash and were expecting <laughs> it to be funny, but it didn't, and it didn't quite live up to where you were hoping to laugh? Well, this just throws that out the window and finally makes you laugh. A drape salesman. Who changes diapers. Yeah. <laughs> And doesn't have sex. This guy is like Colin <laughs> Hilding, uh, <laughs> basically. Um, and like, it's, the exciting fact too was Linda Hamilton's returning, and we praise Linda Hamilton. Probably should have gotten an Oscar nominee nomination in two, in nineteen ninety one. Led us to doing Renee Russo month. Thank you, Linda <laughs> Hamilton. Um, but like, I mean, this is what she, I mean. She doesn't act much anymore, Linda Hamilton. Can't imagine she worked for cheap in this movie. I mean, you know. And she has no interest in a sequel. It's fun if you read up her comments on doing the sequel. She's like, uh, yeah, so I might just fake my, I'm contractually obligated, but I may just fake my death if they ask me back for the sequel. Like that's how, <laughs> how uninterested she is in doing another Terminator movie after this. Just like she was in this movie, basically. Um, yeah. <laughs> she's Harrison Ford. Um, so, and we like, we love Linda Hamilton. We love Arnold Schwarzenegger. We haven't done, we've done mainly Arnold Schwarzenegger movies on this podcast. I I think we're about a third of the way through his filmography now. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, and outside of that, I have no opinion on Mackenzie Davis. I have no opinion on Natalia Reyes, Gabrielle Luna, Diego. I have no opinion on these people. I think we talked about in the review last year. I have no clue who Mackenzie Davis is or was. I still don't to this day. Grow your hair. It's too short. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Should we just get into this? <laughs> yeah, let's get it over with. Because, <laughs> like, straight away, the only talking point I have of this whole movie is the opening fucking scene. Um, I mean, like, I remember watching this in the cinema and thinking, like, wow, this is kind of a, you know, like the start with with uh, Sarah Connor basically here, the flashback with, like, the whole, like, you're all going to be dead. Like, I'm thinking, oh, okay, I'm into this. I like where they're going with this. Um and the opening narration and kind of it feels straight away very Terminatory. Like you've got the skulls on the beach and for some reason Terminators are coming out of the water because that makes logical sense. They're metal and computers. How do they survive the water? But okay. Um, and then straight away we're in Guatemala and it's, hey, it's Edward Furlong. Uh, there he is. <laughs> now, so T2 was set 95, right? That's when the timeline was. So... Yeah. This is three years later. He still looks like he's like 13. Like, does he not? Like, I, I get this whole de-aging technology. Wow, look what we can do in a computer. And let's be honest, it looks fucking incredible. This isn't Carrie Fisher at the end of Rogue One. This is mm-hmm. legitimately, if you had no idea that this was fake, you wouldn't know. This looks absolutely incredible. So high props to the visual effects department here. Arnie looks great. Linda Hamilton looks great. They all look great. But... Like, why don't you age Edward Furlong a little bit? Um, yeah. Even even have him grow a little bit, like a couple inches taller, something to tell us this is years later. Yeah. But um, no, Arnie, like, 
comes along and here he is and boom, boom, bang, that's it. First two movies, completely pointless because he's dead. Now, on many levels of problems with this, he's got a fucking shotgun at short range. I'm sorry, but John Connor's guts are everywhere. Like, he's, <laughs> he's, his heart's on the wall of the bar, his brains are on the stool, and, like, you can't even contribute to this being PG-13 because this is R, right, or whatever it is. Yeah. Because they use... And what do they do with the R rating? They just say the F word a few times. Like, they don't even give us grotesque violence that we want to see from a Terminator movie. Like, we can hear fuck 50 times by listening to the Oz Network. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm i not going to sit here and rip my arm open and show my flesh skin. I mean, I could, but we're not showing the video for this. So, like, this is what they <laughs> use it for. But, like, this... I remember in the cinemas, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, What? Like, the whole time this disturbed me to the point where I could not watch the rest of the movie. Because th- the whole time I'm going, did they just do that? Like, what? Like, this is a flashback, like a dream sequence. Or, like, no, like, he's going to show up I, at some point. Or, like, I just, I did not compute this whole movie. And then I realized it clicked at some point. I'm like, holy fuck, that, that, that's, that's canon now. That, that's part of the problem is that all these movies, even the bad ones, have prevented presented some type of cool twist on the end, you know? Uh, where you're like, oh, I can kind of see that this this is what I was saying about, oh, I'm interested in the sequel, even if Salvation didn't work, even if Genesis didn't work. There is nothing. I was expecting this entire movie for that Terminator twist on the end where it's like, oh, no, it is Judgment Day, like at the end of T3 or Mm. in Salvation. Oh, John did die or will die. And here I was expecting we would get something about, you know what, there's still a chance to save John. So I got through the movie, but then you just get angry at the end because you're like, they wiped out the main character of the franchise within minutes and yeah. left us with less interesting characters. And and look, we've got like a bit over half an hour left of this episode and we, we can sit here and go over all the problems this raises with, with timeline continuity. Like if you kill John, then how do the Terminators exist? Um, how does any of this, like how does any of this exist? But now Skynet doesn't exist, but now this new Legion exists, like... Remember all our complaints about Terminator Genesis, about how they did pointless things by making John evil and then whatever that version of Skynet was called? Like, again, we can forget. Thank you, Terminator Dark Fate, for making us appreciate Terminator Genesis. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what is wrong with the world that that actually happens? It's like, wow, actually, Terminator Genesis, the last Jedi of the Terminator franchise, where it's kind of, (laughs) oh, they did something different. And putting into context, maybe it was okay. Um, still not yeah. the greatest movie in the world. Still a terrible movie. Stop trying to make Jai Courtney a thing. But, <laughs> like, still, okay. Wasn't that bad in comparison. Um, yeah, there's just so many issues with this. And it's just, it's so frustratingly, like, like, oh. And like, bring Edward Furlong back. Like, I know he looks a little bit different now. He's grown up. Um, but, like... I think I'd read an interview with him or something because he's actually quite active, Edward Furlong, on the, the um, what do you call it, the uh, convention circuit. Like, he goes to a lot of... Oh, you're going to say rehab. The rehab. Well, that too, coming soon. To <laughs> the rehab, rehab circuit. <laughs> I follow him on Instagram and, like, he's he's actually... Not that he has really anything much to fall back on, right? But um, he's, he's very active with the fans. Like, he, he appreciates... Like, he's always sharing, like, hey, look at this fan. They got a tattoo of me. It's like, really? You got a tattoo of Edward Furlong, eh? <laughs> Okay, uh, <laughs> good for you. Uh, but yeah, I think I read something where he was kind of like, oh, yeah, no, I wasn't really asked back and, like, I saw what they did and blah, 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 blah. And, like, he was very respectful for it. But, um, I mean, I don't know. Ugh, just, 
I can't be interested in the rest of this movie now because it's just, it yeah. makes everything. And like, they destroyed Arnie at the end of the second one, right? To not get that in. So, but they, so what is this explained as? That Skynet sent like 50 of them back in 50 different time spots to do backups just in case. Mm-hmm. Why? And we, I think we went over this in our, our recaps. Why do they always try and kill just Sarah or John? Could they not go back to like 1920 and kill like Sarah's grandma? Or like yeah. go back to like the 1500s when they've got no technology and kill like her great, 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 grandma. Like, or Danny's. You, yeah. Why, why do you go back to a period where they have technology that can stop you? Like what, when did fire, uh, gunpowder get invented? Go back before gunpowder was invented. What are they going to shop you, stop you with a bow and arrow? You're a Terminator. Mm. <laughs> like, come on. Like, Skynet dumb. Yes. But somehow they kill, like, and Sarah Connor, dumb. Your whole <laughs> life you, you're trying to stop your protective mother. He's chilling on a beach in Guatemala letting John flirt with some floozy. I don't even know who that girl is. Floozy. Who is she? Who is that girl that John's <laughs> flirting with? Good for her. Famous um, last words. We'll be done in an hour. <laughs> no, seriously, we will be done in an hour because legitimately from this point on, I can skip all over this movie in 10 minutes. <laughs> this is the part I told you I'll be ranting about. Like, it just it makes no sense. Why are they in Guatemala? Like, is it because it's sort of just down the road from Mexico? Like... Oh, just just talk about this sequence because the rest of this movie, there's nothing to talk about. I mean, I've got some other things to add to the rest of the movie. Again, trying to separate, you know, from the franchise. But what this is to me is it's not only making the original two movies meaningless, the movies that meant something to people, you're rendering it meaningless. You're basically doing the Austin Powers Spy Who Shagged Me opening, saying, hey, guess what? It was but a fembot all funny. along. That's like exactly. That, I appreciate it. As that, a joke. You're right. You are right. Yeah. It's just, it's, th- there is nothing that works about this opening. There are a million other things you could do. And maybe, oh, James Cameron's going to say, oh, yeah, we had plans in the sequel to do this. We got to grab people in and convince them they want to see the sequel. Even Salvation, even Genesis presented something that made you want to see the sequel. Here, you're, you're not only saying we're flushing all the sequels down the toilet, we're flushing the original two movies down the toilet. And why are we supposed to care about Sarah? Mm. I mean, yeah, Sarah's the original, but the emotional tie to Sarah has always been her wanting to protect John. And I don't really buy that she cares enough about the future without John. I mean, this character tells us, oh, they killed my son. So I'm just going to devote my life to making sure they don't kill somebody else. She doesn't care about Danny in this movie. Mm. Like, is the, there is nothing that even going forward from this that it actually benefits the movie to kill John. Have it where John's in rehab, you know? <laughs> Have it where, okay, they killed John, but because uh, they, they have this convoluted way of saying, we're going to try to explain the paradox of how these Terminators still exist. Oh, once you've gone back in time, you can't be erased from existence but we sent 50 of us back. So we'll never be a race from existence. Like why create Legion? It, it's, it's And if you, if you've got this whole parallel of, we can't be a race from existence. So what does, what good does killing John Connor do? Or Sarah yeah, Connor? Exactly. The future will still exist. It, nothing about the time. Then they, they, there's no effort to make you care about any of these characters. There's no effort to make you care about, the environment they're living in. There's no effort to make you care about the time travel aspect. There, there should always be something in a Terminator movie where you're like, ooh, that really makes me think about time travel and stuff. Not even here. Nothing. Like, we, 
big fans of Jurassic Park, the franchise, and yes, I know the argument with Jurassic Park, with the exception of probably the the fifth one, is that they're basically all the same movie, right? But at, at least they do different things to an extent in them, whereas, yeah. you know, make you kind of... They, they move the franchise on a bit, I feel. Even Jurassic Park 3, you would argue, they kind of take it in a, a sort of different direction. But um, they have a talking raptor going, Alan, so, you know, that's... <laughs> Alan! Alan. But, yeah, uh, just, 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 just stop it! Just, just stop it! Uh, so this is the part where I kind of just speed through a lot of stuff. <laughs> Uh, yeah, two naked Terminators arrive. This time we're in Mexico because why not? And this is the thing as well about this movie. The first, like, third of this movie makes me read. Like, come on. Like, I just don't want to have to read subtitles. Um, naked woman, people making out. Um, she, like, murders a bunch of cops and then steals clothes. Why does she steal his clothes? I, I don't know. Like, ah, ha, ha, we can't have two naked women because, you know, Jeez. it's 2019. It was 2019. You you can be a woman in man's clothes. Yeah, exactly. Can't be a man in woman's clothes, though. That's that's frowned <laughs> upon in Mexico. Um, but the one bit I connected to in this opening sequence is when we meet Danny and she's getting street food in Mexico City. When I went to Mexico City, I got street food and, wow, it's very good. I don't know what I ate. It was probably dog. I have no idea. But it was good. I, I was the woman I was staying with. Basically, just gave me the local experience, and I, I'm not a Mexican food fan, but in Mexico, I'm a Mexican food fan. So, uh, yes, this is realistic. Good job, Terminator Dark Fate. The two good things you did was make Edward Furlong and Linda Hamilton Arnold Schwarzenegger look young and realistic, and do a, an accurate depiction of street food in Mexico City. The rest, fuck you. Um, <laughs> So this is meant to show that Danny's a humble person because she's going to buy flowers and come home to her brother and go to work at a factory and he's going to weirdly flirt with their building person. And again, we all care about this because, what? oh no, Diego's lost his job because the machine is replaced. Oh, look at our subtle references to machines doing things. Oh, the future. I wanted the C-3PO line of machines building machines. Oh, How perverse. How perverse. <laughs> We meet. I don't look. I I don't even know the bad guy's name. Um, Rev Nine. Rev Nine. Um, poor man's Kristana Loken. Here yeah. he is. He's charming. He's smiley. <sighs> he shows up to the factory to try and kill Danny because you know if you don't know how a Terminator movie works, then mate, what the fuck are you doing watching this? Basically, we're going to kill one person to stop the future from happening because clearly that's how it all works out in the first five movies when you've rendered it pointless in the first three minutes of this one. <laughs> Um, we get a very long action sequence. Um, he chases after we meet Grace for the first time. She bashes guards watching soccer on phone. This is just a, this is a mix max of mishmash. I don't know what I'm saying of like the T2 and T3 chase sequence, right? Um, they're on a highway. Cool. This Terminator can split in two. Why? This makes That's no sense. That's their only twist. What, and they what, barely use it. What? Endless possibilities with that. Barely what, use it. What does it benefit? Like, why does it need to be one at any point? Like, when you're just as good as yeah. two? Like, keep yourselves as two then, dick fuck. Um, and he, he can even change his appearance and he chooses not to. The one advantage you have to finding Danny is that you could be anybody. And he's like, no, I'm going to stay as the one person she's seen me as. And, and also, like, uh, the, I think it was the Everything Wrong With video makes a very good point. Like, why when, or is it the Honest Trader, one of them, like, whenever this bad guy is close to any of the people he actually has to kill, he just pushes them over. Like, 
We fucking saw Robert Patrick kill Xander Berkeley's wife in, in T2 and yeah. Xander Berkeley with a sword straight through the face. And we're going to see him chop down border security people with swords left, right and centre. Fucking don't push people over when you're like, just stab him in the face. Stab him in the face. Like, just <laughs> straight through. Pew, pew, pew. Like, <laughs> that's not even how pew, pew, pew works. But I love that a knife now goes pew, pew. Fuck it. That would make this movie entertaining. I I would rather watch Moonraker than this movie, Colin. Um, I, would rather, I would rather watch The Last Jedi than this movie. Um action sequence got an action um, no Diego dies no please not Diego we cared so much about him Sarah Connor shows up I'll be back ah, you said the line <laughs> fuck me um, the one you know the one line that pisses me off in this movie that they fuck up instead of come with me if you want to live it's like Come yeah. with me or you'll be dead in the next... Like, fuck you, movie. <laughs> we're not only just going to change the line for the sake of changing it, but we're going to make it three times as long. Come with me if you want to live. Seriously, come with me if you want to live. No, come with me or you'll be dead in 30 seconds, approximately, give or take. This this is, again, The Last Jedi where we, we take the I've got a bad feeling. Oh, hi, let's make BB-8 <laughs> beep it. Ah, we're so different and funny. <sighs> Again, I appreciate that more because at least in translation, yeah. it's I've got a bad feeling about this. Like, this is fucking... <laughs> <laughs> fucking <laughs> hilarious Tim Miller, you dick. Um, <laughs> so, fuck, Sarah Connor, they steal a truck, they drive. Oh, look, plot twist. Da- da- uh, not Danny. Grace is a... What is she? Augment. Uh, augmented. But, oh, the plot here is, oh, she needs medicine. Like... What fucking knob in the future invented augmented reality that you need to fucking recharge? This is no good. You've got a short burst against a Terminator. Okay, logically, what if you're battling 50 Terminators in 2042? Oh, no, I need to go get some medicine. Stop fighting, Terminators, yeah. please. Five minutes, maybe take this opportunity to send some of you guys back to the past to kill our leaders. I'm just going to go get some medicine. Okay. <laughs> for you uh she robs a store um sarah connor shows up she's angry that they stole a truck we get some explanation about putting a phone in a chip bag uh some flash forwards <laughs> so weird sarah's angry at danny uh, fuck i don't know she's wanted in 50 states ah funny <laughs> um they realise that they can sneak in. They've got to go to the US because there's coordinates tattooed on her because somebody keeps sending it. This is their way of explaining how Sarah Connor can shop and she knows what to do because she gets text messages from somebody saying, hey, a Terminator's going to show up at this point. Okay, I get it. After about three of these, when you realise this person's been right, you may be going to get on with it. When she got that first text message, is she really going to believe it? Like she's mourning the death of her beloved son, the saviour of mankind, her sole reason for living. This is a woman who was institutionalised after the first movie and treated like shit. I'm sorry, she's got some mental issues. If Uh her son dies, her sole purpose of living was to protect her son. Right, as like as you said before, that's the sole like the reason we like Sarah Connor. But like, I'm sorry, she's spiraling into a massive amount of depression from this point. Um, like she's not stable, right? I don't believe she's just going to believe a text message and follow it to fucking go and save the world. Still, um, what's the point of saving the world when your son, who's meant to save the world, is dead? 
Clearly, at that point, there's, you realize there's bigger issues with that. Yeah. The, the most annoying thing about Sarah in this movie is how pretentious she is in the same scene where she's like, me and John, we stopped Skynet. It's like she still believes that they're going to know about this future. She goes, you're welcome. Yeah. The fact that you're still killing these things means you should know you didn't stop Skynet. Why is she still clinging to the idea that she somehow stopped Skynet? It never happened. And like the second one, again, the big shock and surprise when she sees Arnie again is again like we we, we killed you you shouldn't be here and then he kind of comes and explains it now though she just sees a fucking other turn yeah fuck yeah we know clearly save you yeah. and what is she goes in this big rant about like clearly you're being used for your womb only for your womb oh that bothered me because like, that's is- what made Sarah so important that, that's why no matter what they did with John in any of the sequels he never felt as important as he should never mm. felt as important as he was as a child that for one but it's more interesting to be the mother of the one who shapes him. Yeah. And, and, and you're you're trying to say, oh, we're empowering women doing this. No, you're taking a dump over every parent and every mother who says I would do anything to protect my child. Yeah, and like you summed it up perfectly before when you, you kind of move into this woke movement movie of, oh, look, women action, like we're being progressive, when the first two movies were already that. It's yeah. like th- this is the, oh, look, a woman moment from from The Force Awakens. Like it's kind of y- you're setting this up for a massive plot reveal that, oh, no, ha, look at that, she's the saviour. Th- this is this is the Aladdin twist that they did in the remake of Aladdin, right? Like it's like, oh, no, let's make Jasmine the future leader instead because woke movement, okay. Like it's just... Oh, it's it's just frustrating. And again, it's all well and good for me here to sit here, you know, white male. Oh, get on your high horse. You've got no right to believe in this. But like, it's 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 logical. It's right in front of your face there because yeah. And also, this this is movie, right? This is movie logic. That at this point, when Sarah's are like, "Hey, that's using you for your womb." Clearly, you're the and the way she literally says. You're the mother of the son who says like they've got to emphasise. She doesn't say child. It's yeah, son. Exactly. Only a man can do this. Danny, uh, not Danny. Fuck, I keep getting confused. Who gives a fuck? Grace. She basically at this point, why? Like in any logical sense of the world, this is a part where Grace would say, "Well, no, you're wrong. Sexist. Uh, Danny is the savior. Like, why do we got to drag this out for another half an hour? Oh, wait, because we're gonna have a massive plot twist. Um, fuck that everybody you. saw coming too. Fuck because you, that's the problem. You're telegraphing your twist by having Sarah constantly be like, oh, it's only because you're the mother and your child's going to do this. The way she says that is telling the audience, no, it's going to be the other way around. You're spoiling your twist by doing this. So we're going to sneak in because we're going to get to Texas. So let's fucking jump on a train forever. Again, I've been to Mexico City. It's not that close to the border. So they're on this train for a couple of days. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, what a plot convenient twist. Danny's uncle happens to sneak people into the States because is that just like Mexican logic? Like every Mexican <laughs> wants to go to America for a better life? I'm sorry, this is 2019, all right? No one wanted to go to America for a better life. People wanted to go to Mexico in 2019, all right? Just connect this to history. Oh, there's there's a little, there's a little Easter egg in this movie that oh. actually goes against this as well. So they go there, we meet beloved uncle, we're going to... And like... This whole thing of like he gets people successfully into the country by putting them on a boat and sneaking them <laughs> a couple of things in the desert with drones flying. What is this guy? I want to see a movie about how this guy successfully gets people into America. Like this is my movie. I want to see. This is exciting. Um, sure, the guys found him. There's a drone attack. They get stuck in jail. A lot of people die. They steal a helicopter. 
we end up finding Arnie. Maybe I'll just stop it there when we get to Drape Man because I can just. Right. Can I do, I'm going to hold this up to the camera again. What have I written on that piece of paper, Colin? Yawn. <laughs> my, my notes have started. I've written yawn and then I've written a few other things down below it. Um, so again, just proving this isn't all about we're frustrated, at least me. It's not all about I'm frustrated that they, you know, killed John off. I have more notes here than the previous three movies combined, but I will breeze through them here. Uh, one thing, uh, just pure silliness here. Grace steals the man's clothes. Okay, you have an R-rated movie. You have shown naked bums before. Yeah. Why does she leave this guy with his underwear? Because now I have this visual for the entire movie that Grace is doing all this without underwear in these <laughs> tight jeans. It, it's it's gross. It's got to be uncomfortable, and it's very distracting. Like <laughs> you have the opportunity in an R-rated movie to show a bum, show the guy's bum. I don't care that she's wearing his clothes. Why is she leaving with underwear? And show his dong too. We want more dongs in Terminator. We want more dong in Terminator. <laughs> That's what you've been missing. Yeah. Um, the automation thing at her factory. Okay, now this is going to be my own little rant that maybe some people get upset about. I hate every time people says, oh, I refuse to use the self-checkout aisles at the grocery store because it's costing us jobs. It is costing one job, and I guarantee that it takes more than one person to build and maintain and service those machines. Those create jobs. They're just transferring one skill set to another. And you know what? I don't know many people who want to stand in line for, for a person to, you know, scan your groceries and do whatever as you're typically caught behind an 80-year-old grandmother or grandpa who's taking the change out one penny at a time, okay? I'm okay with self-checkouts. I'm okay with automation. It takes a lot of people and, and, a, lot of skills and a lot of money to build those things. The self-checkouts at Walmart sing to you at the end of it. They go, ding, ding, exactly. ding, ding. It's entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> I do a little dance. If, if my customer service person at Walmart started singing to me, I'd fucking go to them. But they're usually a pimply-faced teen who's just like, how are you doing? You doing good? Yeah, and, and again, main argument being it takes more people to build, maintain, and come up with those things, more jobs than it does to have one person at a checkout. Rant over. But on those lines, oh, this is how we're going to tell you that machines are going to take. I understand, you know what? We've built this machine, this operating system in Genesis that does everything for you. You're playing on people's laziness. Building machines to help production does not equate to laziness it equates to this is technology this is a more accurate way of doing it whatever this isn't what i need to sell me on machines are bad show us something like people are just living on their phones all the time that's what any other movie would do yeah. or we're obsessed with creating artificial intelligence terminator 3 did so many things right and this is where we we appreciate it before we saw this and like you were saying so many people now are going back and revisiting uh terminator 3 after dark fate and being like hey they kind of had the right idea there it was it was about the arrogance of we can create artificial intelligence we can create we can save lives they they had a purpose in terminator 3 for what the machines were there for we're trying to save lives when i putting humans on the battlefield none of that here uh and the fact that they do this overnight her brother's like what you gave my job away to a machine you were there 12 hours ago okay i guarantee that this isn't a you know what you got this oh salesman comes to the door hey i've got this machine that can take over uh diego's job there is it okay yeah how long does it take you to install 45 minutes all right i'll tell him when he gets here in the morning he's fired it doesn't happen like that Guarantee not even to Mexico. Well, in, I was going to um, say Mexico, Colin. Come on now. Yeah, <laughs> in Mexico. Um, I wrote here, 
every single sequel had original ideas. This is just a direct remake. They take away everything that uh, uh, made the originals interesting. It's reset after reset after reset. No wonder audiences didn't care about this movie. Even people who, who could say, oh, I liked this movie have no interest in sequel. I've heard no talk of an interest for a sequel because you've just told the audience, we're resetting all the way to the beginning. You invested 35 years in five movies, even if you didn't like them, you want an end game. There are movies I see that I don't like, and I want to know where are you gonna go for the sequel? You gave an idea for the sequel, let's see what you do with it. Yeah. Stop just resetting things to reset it. It's just, oh, it's annoying. Um, the, the Okay, let, the chase scene, it is Terminator 3's chase scene. Yeah, it is Terminator 2's chase scene. Both those movies did it way better. Uh, this is just a guy with a bulldozer chasing a car off the freeway. Terminator 3 had a crane. It had what we said, what we appreciated that Jonathan Mosto wanted to do with Terminator 3 was like, I don't want these flashy motorcycles and stuff like that. I want them to be driving, you know, a converted uh, veterinarian's van or a hearse. It, it's something different. Um the fight scene is okay. The one thing I think we disagreed with even on the review is I liked Mackenzie Davis. I don't care about her character in this movie, but I feel like she at least has a physical presence in this movie and I buy the physicality of her character. I, I, I kind of like, even though it makes no sense, I kind of like the idea of she has these short bursts and then she crashes because it makes her more relatable than just an indestructible hero. That's where the the Star Wars sequels went wrong is that Rey is not vulnerable. You need vulnerability with your heroes. And I find that, uh, Grace is more vulnerable than Danny or whatever. Because Danny, it, they, they present her like she's supposed to be this girl who doesn't know what she's doing. And then just they flick a switch and suddenly she becomes this massive hero. There's no journey there. They took, even just with John Connor in Terminator 2, Terminator 3, it took to the very end of Terminator 3 for him to become the hero. And it was solely because I have no choice. I'm the only man on the planet left alive yeah. for all I know. <laughs> he was a lazy, we want flawed vulnerable heroes we don't want this perfect hero um the prescription thing here's the dumbest thing about that she goes into this pharmacy that she's robbing and she dumps everything on the shelf into the bag she's not even looking after a while she's tripping and things are falling into the bag when sarah revives her they bring up the logical question of to sarah how did you know what to give her what dose of everything she says i didn't <laughs> there are things in there that Grace didn't intend to be in there. You probably killed her. This is a massive plot hole. Let's go with the biggest plot hole this entire movie. I get text messages telling me exactly when a Terminator is going to be there. It doesn't say where I need you to be to save somebody. It says a bubble will appear, everything goes cold, and a Terminator drops out of the sky. Sarah does not appear. <laughs> it drops out of the sky. She appears, I don't know, 50 kilometers away, six hours later. And there's never an explanation. This is the only time her coordinates gave her the wrong spot. And because Arnold Schwarzenegger is from a future that he even says himself no longer exists. <laughs> he should not have those coordinates. He has coordinates for the Terminators that Skynet sent back. He doesn't know what Legion is. He's from a future. He even he says doesn't exist. It should never happen. Nothing in this movie should happen. Ugh. Let's just move on. Although the drone, I'll have one more thing to complain about. The Rev-9 says, I'm going to take over a drone and I'm going to kill them. He, he has guns on that drone. He has bombs. He says, I'm going to crash the drone into the ground, meaning I don't get a second shot. Come on. Ugh. I'm starting to think this could be the bottom of my list. And for no reason to do with the original movies, just this is a dumb movie. And, and how bad are the U.S. border security people there? If they can literally <laughs> find these people, yet they're just letting them walk towards the border? Fucking, oh, this, 
He's in Trump's look, America, mate. Fucking blow him up, put him in cages with the kids kids in cages, right? Or was that yeah, Joe Biden? I don't know. <laughs> let me let me put a couple other things out there that, that I forgot here. Um, Rev9, I kind of mentioned earlier, why does he not change his appearance? He is just generic cop. <laughs> not even generic cop. He doesn't take over a cop's body. He takes over somebody and and morphs his appearance with the clothes they were wearing. He has no authorization. He has the ability to transform into female officers at the border or whatever. Stay as that officer. Because when he appears later on and says, oh, gee, uh, something something went down back there. I, I, I prayed more than I ever prayed in my life. Can I have that helicopter? They should be saying, who are you? And they just <laughs> random guy camera from killing like 50 border security people. He's going to be wanted yeah. just as much as the others. Like, yeah. And I mean. And, and uncle. All right. Uncle here. Uh, Danny's uncle. Why does she tell him about the machines from the future? This is your uncle. Just say, I need to get across the border. Oh, are you guys in some sort of trouble? Yes. Somebody's going to kill us. You make him, you're actually not helping your case by saying machines from the future are trying to kill me. And then when she gets detained at the border, I'm going to tell you something. Machines from the future are trying to kill me. <laughs> you are making yourself look so stupid. I don't buy her as a hero. And then Carl, uh, okay, so uh, well, we'll save Carl. I've I really got you're nothing else roll, to add Colin. on Carl. Keep going, go on. <laughs> I can finish the movie at this rate. Um, go, I don't care. Go, take it over. Go for it. All right, so Carl... <laughs> Drapes, as I said, he is married, but not married because he knows how to change diapers. I needed a purpose. So he went from Guatemala to Laredo, Texas to find a purpose, stumbled across some woman that had a baby, apparently had programming for changing diapers, despite the fact he said he was only programmed to kill. How does he know how to change diapers in the first place? This is not your wife. I guarantee at some point. He has, has, she has tried to jump on him or pull. Yeah. Like, she has to know. Like, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger. I will tell you what Jamie said. G <laughs> Jamie watched this movie with me for the first 45 minutes. And then she said, I'm going to jump on the treadmill. I said, okay, well, I got to finish this movie. Oh, I'll watch it. I'll finish on my own. Okay, okay, finish it because I want to complain about this movie to you. 12 hours I spent telling, do you want me just to tell you how it ends? Because I know you're never going to watch this. Today, she says, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. What is it on? Amazon Prime. Oh, I don't have the app on my phone. Oh, should, should I get the app? Uh, you can. Oh, there's just one more thing. Should I spoil it for you? Well, tell me this. Is Arnie naked in the movie? No. <laughs> then spoil it for me. Jamie. <laughs> Jamie would be grabbing all this 400-pound beast. Even Colin, <laughs> I'm sure, at some point in his life has been horny, right? Like, like <laughs> th this sounds like the most Colin-esque marriage ever. Like, our, our relationship is not physical. It is <laughs> exactly. just emotional. Like, but I'm sure at some point in like a 20-year marriage, Colin at one point, even if it's for 30 seconds, is going to be like, something's happening in my pants. I, I feel like <laughs> I want to do something with it. Is this woman legitimately like celibate Sally? Like, like how yeah. does she not just one day be like, Oh, my beloved husband, touch me like you did on Naboo. Like, like what? <laughs> like, why? What purpose does he serve too? He knows how to, she says, I know how to, or he says, I know how to change diapers. We are not making an hour. I have a feeling. What's our time at? Uh, keep going. It's all right. We've got 10 minutes. I'm, I'm confident. Okay. <laughs> 10 minutes. Okay. Uh, anyways, it, it's just absurd that he decides to install drapes, which again, he doesn't have programming for. He doesn't have programming to change diapers. She would be all over this man. Even at this age, Jamie's question was, is he naked? If he's not naked, I'm not watching the movie. Um, it's just stupid. The, the shooting scene, kind of a funny line where it says, oh, I need to be prepared for, for the eventuality that the, the future will eventually happen. Plus we're in Texas. That's a good line. I like that line. Um, 
when they're coming across the border, there's some graffiti on the border that says no Muros. I Googled it. It says no wall. Hmm. Now <laughs> they're addressing the wall. Funny. Okay. That dates this movie. It, 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 we're already like what? A couple months away from Trump being out of office. Two years from now, people are not going to be talking about a wall that never happened. So it just, it's one of those things that dates the movie for no reason whatsoever. And you're writing it on a wall. So in, in this world, is the wall supposed to exist already? Like, is this in the future? I'm even more confused. Um, the big fight scene on the plane. One cool shot where they're, <laughs> floating it's kind of zero g but the the tom cruise mummy movie already did it even that not a great movie but better than this um the phone in the bag i kind of like schwarzenegger's line about that where how did you know where i was gonna be or how did That's you know about this exit. come on oh, no that was sarah connor there. <laughs> no how did you know where i'd be and then he's like if you're going to keep your uh cell phone in a chip bag keep it in a chip bag <laughs> like that i kind of liked but again the humor does not belong in this movie because it's humorless and it's bland you notice we haven't talked about any of the action scenes that happened because nothing's interesting yeah. we're gonna end in a generic army base with hand-to-hand combat scenes that are not good and we're gonna get the guy caught up in some spiral thing but not die and then we're gonna have every character just shove their power sources in here which by the way was already the ending of terminator 3 which had more emotional weight when he says to John, we'll meet again. And you know, he's talking about the fact, the we who we're talking about is, I will kill you. Remember this, I'm the one who kills you. There is no intrigue here. We're reminded of John for no purpose whatsoever. And then we end on Sarah, who is not a likable character in this movie, who serves no purpose, being like, oh, okay, I'm the future still. I'm past the point of caring about Sarah Connor because I'm past the point of her serving a purpose. She doesn't belong in this movie. Uh, I just don't like this movie. <laughs> How much time we got left? Uh, seven minutes. So the reviews of this movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really have nothing to add. The only bit I've written here is I like the bit when they show up to the door and I think it's Sarah goes, shoot him in the face. It just reminds me of Jamie. Shoot <laughs> him in the face. <laughs> shoot him in the face. Um, it was a, considered a box office bomb. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> th- critically, it actually did okay. That's the sad fact about this movie. Yeah. 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. What the flying fuck knuckles. What makes me happy, and I was disappointed when I looked up the IMDb rating for this and realized that a 6.2, until I realized that every Terminator movie had a higher rating than this. This is the lowest rated Terminator movie on IMDb, but 6.2 is way too kind. And 6.3 is way too kind for Genesis. I'm sorry. Well, according to the Rotten Tomatoes, this is number three. Terminator 1 has 100%. Terminator 2, 93%. Should be the other way around. Uh, this has 70%. Rise of the Machine, 69%. <laughs> 69. Uh, Salvation, 33 <laughs> And Terminator Genesis, 27 um, How does this have double and a little bit more than Salvation? Which, yeah. again, this movie makes Salvation look like an Oscar winner. Um, <laughs> box office, yeah, this was an absolute uh, bomb, uh, basically. Uh, made $62 million uh, domestically, $198 million worldwide, $261 million around $185 million it cost to make this. It only made $29 million on its opening weekend for a Terminator movie. And um, that's yeah. more than Genesis made, but Genesis almost made $100 million in the long yeah. run. Yeah. So it opened higher, but made significantly less business in the long run. That's also, bad word of mouth. Also opening that weekend, Harriet, Motherless Brooklyn, and Arctic Dogs. I've never heard of any of those movies. I want to see all three of them more than <laughs> I want to watch this movie again. I will add Arctic Dogs to a, a month if we can 
never talk about this movie again. Yeah. Um, let's just throw, how long does your uh, Rick's little clip here go for? Will Tell me how long we have left. I will, I will like edit. Four and a half minutes left. All right. I will give us two minutes here of Rick's clip. My nephew Rick went to see this movie with me and he wasn't as negative as I was walking out, but he definitely didn't love it. And this is a kid who came out of Rise of Skywalker saying he liked it. Uh, and the other week had an argument with me about how uh, there are no plot holes in The Dark Knight Rises. Um, I will edit out the death threats towards James Cameron, but just let me let me tell you, there are death threats to James Cameron that he spews. Give me an idea how great this is. What were you doing, James Cameron? First off, I would like to apologize for me saying that it was actually a pretty good movie. It wasn't! Okay, so what I what I did, I watched the other Terminator movies except for Terminator 1 because I knew that was useless. I didn't get to watch Terminator 3, but I did watch the story plot, so I already know that Sarah Connor died for some unknown reason. Terminator Salvation, that was actually not that bad. I liked it. And then we get Terminator Genesis. What were you doing? Honestly, you sucked. And then we get to Dark Space. Why? Why are you messing up everything? The timeline in Genesis was already confusing! What is not wrong with this movie? Honestly, it's so bad. Okay, I'll admit the fight scene, what the final fight was actually a little bit entertaining, but it took so long to get there. Like, why did it take so long? Honestly, like, I'm just here looking at this movie with my uncle, which was a complete waste of money. Sorry, Uncle Khan. But there is not a lot of fight scenes. Tell me it was all about the action. Where was the action? Nowhere to be found. And so, what I say to you, James Cameron, if you were going to make a Terminator movie, honestly, a Terminator sequel, you should have made a Terminator sequel to Salvation. Or at least make a sequel to Genesis, because it already teases, teases us with that. And then you decide not to do it, because you want to make a sequel to your movie, which would always want a sequel to it. James Cameron, you're just a piece of crap. And then just saying, and then you, and I am betting this. I am not going to buy it. I'm not going to watch it ever again. Even if it's the last movie on Earth. James Cameron, you are ridiculous. <sighs> this has been Rick reporting from my own home. Hopefully, James Cameron won't be back. Ah, <laughs> cool, Rick. Um, binning it, uh, and I'm ranking this as third of this month. I'm actually going to put the Meg and Jim Storm ahead of this because realistically, I'm going to want to watch those two movies ahead of this, but it's not worse than The Lion King to me. I didn't get as angry as The Lion King, even though I got angry. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah like this movie, even if you had never seen a Terminator movie before, this on its own is still a bad, un it's just uninteresting. I'm putting the Meg number one, I'm putting the Lion King number two, I'm putting this number three, and I'm putting Geostorm at my bottom. So I think Geostorm's my number one then. Fuck, jeez. Well, wow. what's our average here? Oh, I can't. I didn't write them down. I don't care enough this month, to be honest. Uh, just quickly as well. <laughs> movies uh, plot, we hate month. <laughs> plot keywords. I can see the word woke and cleavage. All right, that's enough for me. And user My. reviews. Did I ever tell you the definition of insanity? Oh, this is so sad. Why did I just watch? Please make it stop. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> Terminator Dark Fate. That's good. Um, next month, we're doing Christmas month. Yes. Uh, we, we didn't do Christmas month last year. Uh, so this is our first time in two years. Now, I know you and I have had the conversation about what we're doing. I can't remember. So what are we doing? <laughs> what movies are we doing? And what one are we starting with? Because this is our uh, pre-production right. meeting happening right now. So we have Michael Keaton in uh, Jack Frost. Oh, yep. uh, guilty pleasure. 
We have Jim Carrey in The Grinch. Uh, yep. We have Will Ferrell in Elf. And we have Ben Affleck in Surviving Christmas. <laughs> so well, are we calling this the A-lister month? Like we did the Action Star month and then Santa Claus yeah. month. So, well, the Tim yeah, Allen month, t- I guess. So, Yeah, let's, let's call this A-lister Christmas movie month. I saw, <laughs> sure. at the time of recording this, I saw the Santa Claus in cinemas yesterday, the first time I'd ever seen it. $5 here in Victoria. Uh, so, I mean, okay, well, what do we want to start with? What do you, I mean, you're hosting up first, so what do you want to host the most? Let's do the Grinch first, just because Casper's a huge fan of the animated Grinch special, and he just watched the new animated Grinch movie yesterday and has watched it three times already. So I, I'd like to get him completed on his Grinch trilogy here. Okay, and I'm just going to say right now that I'm the biggest Jim Carrey fan probably in the world, and this is a Jim Carrey movie that I don't dislike The Grinch. I just think it's one of these ones. It's it's like Elf. We'll get future yeah. alert with that. It's, I think, just a tad overrated. I don't get this massive, massive love for it. Like, again, not a bad movie, probably a solid rent. I just don't think it deserves a love it gets. So It has moments of brilliance and then moments of pure stupidity that you just can't get past. So we're going to do uh, The Grinch and then shall we do Elf second week because I can host Elf. Let's I do feel. Elf second. All right. Surviving Christmas third and let's finish off with Jack Frost. Okay, awesome. I don't think I've ever seen Jack Frost. There's, and I've never oh, seen good. Surviving Christmas. So I have go. not. I've seen a few minutes of it. <laughs> I've always wanted a Ben Affleck-led uh, Christmas movie to end my year. Um, cool. That's Terminator, Dark Fate. Uh, we've now officially done all the six Terminator movies. Cool. Uh, I always like it when we tick something off. Um, that's it. Uh, my name is Ben, and shoot him in the face. <laughs> and my name is Colin. Shoot me in the face if I ever watch this again. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the Oz network.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. Hold up. 